0: Hello live streamers. Hello YouTubers and hello people listening on your earbuds. This is yet another live stream of Locked On MLB. There's only one real down to the wire race that's going on right now and it involves the fight in Phillies and potentially the Milwaukee Brewers. I know one person who wants to see this end pretty darn quickly and find their way back to the postseason for the first time since 2011, that would be Connor Thomas of Locked On Phillies. He's going to be our guest tonight on this episode of Locked On MLB.
1: You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every
0: day, hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Look there, just call me Sully. I am an Emmy nominated television producer. I've also been a writer, I've been an actor, I've been a comedian, I've been a filmmaker, I've done a lot of things. I've also been a podcaster for each of the last, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years. And this is wrapping up my fourth season as a member of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. My Twitter handle right there, you can see it, is Sully Baseball at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thanks so much for making us your first listen, as we're available on all your podcasting catchers. And if you can make your second listen be, well, why not have it be locked on Phillies, huh? I mean, we got the host right here, and he is the host with the most right now. Hey, let's just bring him aboard, Connor Thomas. How you? Do- oh, oh, sorry, got to drop my lower third there. So it's crowded my lower third. There you go,
1: <laughs> Sully. How you oh, doing?
0: Doing it on the fly. You got to produce and host at once, Connor. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderfully. How about yourself, man? Hanging in, hanging in. Uh, We're in the, just full disclosure, we're doing this live. It's uh, about uh, 9, 10 in the evening on the East Coast, where Connor is. I'm in the luxurious, locked-on MLB studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. And games are still going on. As we're recording this, the Marlins are ahead of the Mets. The Nationals are ahead of the Braves. Both teams are on the verge of losing tonight which would mean they're still dead even with about, what, six, seven games left to play. Neither team is folding. They're both winning a ton of games down the stretch. But more importantly, at least for you, uh, Philadelphia has a one nothing lead on the Cubs right now. We'll see how that turns out with an eye on the game between the Dodgers and the Padres. And also, more importantly, an eye on the Brewers and the Cardinals uh, and Hunter Renfro. Got an RBI single early, so we'll see that. This Brewers won nothing. Why can't the Red Sox get players like Hunter Renfro? But, <laughs> but hey, Connor, you've been on the show a couple times this year. It's mm-hmm. been a weird Phillies season, but they're right now, as we're recording this, are a game and a half ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, tell us what you're thinking about this. Is They could go to the postseason for the first time since Ryan Howard fell in the heap at home plate at the end of the 2011 division series, or
1: this could be a really, really bad ending to the season. Yeah, and outside of Philadelphia, I think the consensus is that the Phillies are going to get in. Mm. The issue is inside of Philadelphia, the consensus is the Phillies are going to choke for what is the fourth year in a row and will miss the playoffs for what would be the 11th year in a row because this team right now, is they're reeling. They're finding a way to win just enough games to hold off the Brewers to a point where it's not a dead heat for the final wild-card spot, but they're not putting the Brewers away. Now you're in a situation where Milwaukee finishes the season entirely at home and the Phillies are entirely on the road. And, man, Washington is all of a sudden playing really well uh, for their own standards. The Chicago Cubs own the Phillies. And then you finish up with Houston – It's a tough road for the Phillies to get in at this point, and they've made it tougher on themselves by reeling over the past two weeks. So, ideally, they're still going to make it in. Statistically, they're still favored to make it in, but it is not an easy road anymore for the Philadelphia Phillies to find their way back to the postseason.
0: Well, I mean, this is a strange year and we that uh, Girardi got fired, and then the team went on an amazing run. Uh, Girardi got fired after that game against uh, the Giants, and then they rattled off just an unbelievable stretch where they went from six games under 500 to four games over 500 in two and a half weeks. And, you know, some of the teams they were beating were – well, they ended the Angels' season, basically. Lest we forget, the Angels were a playoff team when the yeah. Phillies played them. So they essentially <laughs> destroyed any hope for Mike Trout in the postseason. They swept the Brewers, I bet you're glad they did that now. And then they Definitely. played some, they played some tomato cans like Arizona, Miami, and Washington, but the key is you got to beat those teams. If you want to mm-hmm. climb above 500, you have to win the games you're supposed to win. And the and I was in Philadelphia in the uh, in the summertime where they just beat the snot out of the Washington Nationals. I actually went with a friend of mine who's a big Phillies fan, and she's starting to feel badly for the Nats. And uh, this was just after they traded Juan Soto. So uh, full disclosure, I pitched two innings for the Nationals that night.
1: But, <laughs> As um, your ERA, did you keep it down enough? Because I think everyone got hit that night.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it got bloated. But um, that's kind of how the – From my perspective, how the Phillies have stayed is they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat and Mm.
1: held their own against the tough teams. And that's the worrisome thing, because down the stretch now, and September, the Phillies have not been good. Over the past four seasons, they've been terribly below 500 or just below 500 in each of the past four Septembers, and they're doing it again this year. And this has been the only stretch of the season – outside of the start with uh, Joe Girardi as manager where they haven't been managing to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. A tough road trip out to the West Coast where they lose two of three to the Diamondbacks. They get swept by the Giants, who are not what they were last year. And now we're seeing what they're doing in Chicago against the Cubs. It's just It hasn't been a characteristic past couple of weeks for the 2022 Phillies, but it's been all too characteristic of what this – organization has been for the past four years we're kind of at the point Sully where it's the ghosts of past Septembers feel like they're weighing on the players who have been here for a couple years and they're starting to let doubt creep in whether or not they can actually finish this off so that's my biggest worry is that even though they've been really good at beating the teams they're supposed to beat when you look at the season as a whole I think they're starting to doubt themselves because of recent underachievements.
0: you know uh, I remember when the Red Sox were still amidst the supposed curse,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and someone asked me, uh, a cousin of my wife's asked me, "Do you believe in the curse?" And I said, "Yes, but let me explain what I mean by that." I don't believe in hexes. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe. I don't. I'm not. I'm a. I'm a believer in the natural world. So I don't think. No, I don't think someone put a hex on the team. But what I do believe. Is that if you're playing well and everybody in the entire region is staring at you going, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you fail, you fail, you always 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 fail. doesn't matter what you're doing now, you're going to fail. You're, you may fail. You know, yep. And when you have, when Absolutely. you're surrounded by that, you know, eventually it creeps in.
1: Right. It's a really, really tough environment. And the thing is, all they have to do and people are worried in Philadelphia. I've talked about this on morning radio. I talked about this this morning about backing in. So many people are worried about the optics of backing in, But I'm not concerned with that remotely. Getting in takes such a mental burden off of this team for next year because let's be honest, they're not in the same tier as the Braves. They're not in the same tier as the Mets. They're not in the same tier as the Dodgers, even though they hold the season series over the Dodgers. They're just not in contention with those teams. That doesn't mean they can't get hot in October and find a way to win a series or two or who knows how many. But what it does mean is that shouldn't be the expectation. The goal for this year is to find your way in, even if you back your way in, And then you don't have to worry about next year, oh, is this going to be the first time in a decade plus that they've made it in? And that's what's weighing on them right now. So even if they back their way in, that's fine. But I think how much it's weighing on them is they're making the road much tougher on themselves because of that added pressure of the decade-long playoff drought.
0: Well, you see sometimes when a team breaks a playoff drought, a playoff appearance drought, Mm -hmm. what that could mean to relieve pressure what that meant when the Pirates finally got in in 2013, what that meant, even even during the COVID year, which you can roll your eyes at, well, yeah, it was only a 60-game season. Yeah, but it took a little pressure off the Padres, took a little pressure off mm-hmm. the White Sox, took a little pressure off of the Marlins, a little pressure off of Cincinnati to be able to say, all right, well, our last one, we made it this decade. It was a short yeah. one. But, you know, so who cares if you're back in? Right. You know, the, you gotta, you got to do the thing that it may not be ideal but it should i'll be honest with you you should please the fan base when you do that now obviously you can't please everybody but you should please the one you love which brings us to blue chew now look it we all know that confidence can only take you so far in life especially when people are staring you go you're gonna lose you're gonna lose you're gonna lose that happens in the bedroom as well believe me i don't know how they got in there but that is where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, before the Phillies game, during the Phillies game. You can plan ahead or be ready whenever that moment arises. Huh? The process is simple. Believe me, it was so easy for me. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. I talk to Mike. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. I got mine in two days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. What are you here for, Sully? Oh, geez, I got to talk about it. And no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Connor, are you here too? No, we don't have (laughs) to do that. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. This is patriotic and fun. And prepare to be shipped to your door in a discreet package. Don't go to one of those places where they put a giant label on saying, this is for performance enhancing. No. Blue Chew just says discreet on the side. Now look at first impressions are always important. What about lasting impressions? Think about how long Phillies fans have been waiting. Well, now you can give them pleasure. With Blue Chew. That got weird. You can benefit from <laughs> extra confidence when it's time to perform. Chew it. then do it. And we've got a special deal for all of our listeners. And I've got to make sure that Locked On Phillies listeners get the same deal. Try Blue Chew for free when you use promo code On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, I just saw on the ticker, uh Judge yeah. Just homered.
1: Oh, did he? Yeah, he oh, got home run
0: number 61. Wow. Part of me the sick part of me was kind of hoping he hung at 60. He hung at 60, you know. But uh uh hey, Terrific Turkey says uh uh he just bought oh uh Terrific Turkey the listener here just joined the stream. Congratulations for joining the stream in the chat. Let's see what you say. Uh, he bought some. What did you buy? Uh, some cherry barcia cookies and cream built bar. They're amazing. That's great. We don't have a built bar read today, but look at it. You got a little free hey, plug right them in love there. Anyway, all right. Terrific turkey. Buy some blue cheese. See how you go with that. Um, <laughs> hey, let's talk about one of the weird things in the room with this particular team. Um, I, I have to say, and you and I talked about this before. I'm stunned that Girardi didn't work here. I really was 100% for Girardi coming to Philadelphia. I thought he was going to be a great fit in Philadelphia. I couldn't have been more wrong. I'll admit it. I thought the Mets made a horrible decision to not sign Girardi. And who knows? Girardi, I think, may be the right fit for the right team. Um, I just didn't turn out to be this Phillies team. And, you know, sometimes a really good manager doesn't fit with a certain club or whatnot but the the fact of the matter is they have played better under um uh schneider I'm sorry, thompson. Right? Th- Rob thompson. thompson yeah you i'm you what <laughs> I, I i was talking it's because i got the blue jays game on this monitor here and i forgot which completely anonymous interim manager i was talking about so okay so the phillies got phil nevin as manager and wait, no, that's the other completely nondescript. There's so manager. many
1: of them this year, right?
0: So many of them and they just keep on giving. At least the Marlins are giving uh, Don Manley a chance to finish out the season. Rob Thompson is uh, 20 games above 500 as the manager and has them in a position to, I mean, this is only their second winning season since the 2011 postseason. Yeah. So, that's... you know, so, you know, and that includes that includes the COVID season, but is he a long term solution, or should they be looking into someone else as you move forward? I mean, look, obviously, if the Phillies go deep into the postseason, you've got to give Thompson a full season on his own. Yeah. But you get the sense that the Phillies responded well to Thompson because his name was not Joseph Girardi. Uh, and yeah. not because he was the second coming of Connie Mack. Um, I, what are your thoughts about Thompson as a long-term solution?
1: It depends what you determine as long-term, right? Because I don't know that you could see a guy that's 20 games over 500 has done what he's done in his opportunity. and be like, well, we're going to go get someone else. Because who do you have out there that you expect to be better than that? Like the great managers in baseball, even them, like they'll have great teams that'll over uh, exceed that. But you can't really bring in another guy you expect. What, what are you looking for? The guy who's going to be 30 games over 500? That guy's not available because he's managing the Braves or the Dodgers. So he's got to give him another shot. I'd be surprised if they gave him anything more than a one- or a two-year deal, though, because there's still more to prove. The stretch has not been good this last September run. They're still finding their way to make it in. There's still a real chance that they miss the playoffs again. And if that's the case, well, he certainly is not getting a long-term deal. And they might even look in another direction, despite how good he's been in the uh, allotted time he's had this year. But I do think he's back. I'd imagine it's probably a one-year deal for Rob Thompson following this year. And next year, he gets a full 162 games to prove that he can do this over the course of a season and have this team in the 20 to 25 games over 500 range with a, a full season's worth. But I don't think anyone here's ready to commit long term frankly because the goal hasn't been reached, which is playoffs. So, until he does that, we're still waiting. I'll just say one name, Joe Madden. He's available. He he is available. And Joe Madden's an interesting name, but he's also a traveled name. And he's a a guy that uh, Philadelphia is a place that really they, believe it or not, if they have an opinion of you, they really kind of stick to it. And it's hard to to move you off. It's a very stubborn city. And we saw Joe Madden in the 2008 World Series with the Rays. We saw what he was in Chicago and we saw what he's been since. And he hasn't had a lot of success outside of those Chicago years. Uh, like he past, took, those, he, past Chicago the Chicago years,
0: he took the he took the race to the World I mean, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. Past the Chicago years, like after he got done in Chicago, well, yeah, outside of that's, Chicago, that's because it. he was in the most he
0: was in the most haphazard organization in baseball. No, I, I understand. Mean, Thunderdome
1: is more organized than the Angels organization. <laughs> I, tot- I totally get that. And the Angels could have an all-star team and they wouldn't win with them for whatever reason. But perspective's a really, really big thing in Philadelphia. And if you're going to move on from an interim manager who's 20 games over 500, you got to bring in a guy that the city's really going to be able to get behind. I-, I just think there's so much information on Joe Madden that he's going to be a hard sell to the fan base because there's already like you already know who he is. Well, I, I mean, get the,
0: uh, my listeners, uh, tell me they do a drinking game every time I see Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. <laughs> but, uh, I've been maintaining that Roberto Kelly and Hensley Mullins, who were two of his most loyal lieutenants when they won three World Series in five years, including eliminating the 2010 Philadelphia Phillies, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they deserve a shot at manager somewhere, right? But, uh, hey. Terrific Turkey has something he wants to say. Hold on. Uh, Phillies have a good chance of making the playoffs. I hope so. They have a playoffs probably a week to go. Uh, and if they make it, I think they have a good chance at advancing. Look at that. Terrific Turkey is
1: positive. Advancing. That's good. Well, here's the funny thing, right? Because the third card spot in the National League is kind of the place to be. Because if you're mm-hmm. in the second wild card spot, uh, which is where the Padres currently are, you're going to have to play whoever loses the NL East, which is a championship caliber team. And if you're in the final wild card spot, which is whoever loses the NL East, you're going to have to play Juan Soto and the Padres with a solid pitching staff and a team that's going to be dangerous in a three-game series. Meanwhile, if the Phillies do end up locking up the third, they're going to get the Cardinals, who are they've been hot lately, but they're the most susceptible division winner. And you could argue of the second wildcard spot, the top wild-card spot, and the lowest division winner. They're the most beatable team. So it's not the worst place for them to be if they make it in.
0: I think the Cardinals are a dangerous team. I think they could get hot really fast. Mm-hmm. I do like their pitching depth. I do like any lineup that has Goldschmidt and Arenado in it. Right. Um, but but you do make a great point. I mean, either Atlanta or New York is going to win 100 games and be a wild-card team. Mm-hmm and not have the top wild-card spot because they're not a division winner. So your, your point is well taken. If Philadelphia hangs on – by the way, Philadelphia is down right now. Not great. 4-1 uh, right uh, now. And Milwaukee is winning. So we're just assuming these things at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the If the Phillies don't make the playoffs, we're having a very, very different conversation about managers here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, then – but, you know, there's sometimes – You know, every year there's a managerial decision that makes you go, hey, wait a minute, what? Like, you know, last year the Cardinals went on that incredible winning streak in the final Mm -hmm. month of the season where they basically were an afterthought and then became one of the wildcard teams because they won, what, 17 or 18-game winning streak in the middle of September? Yeah, a huge one. And they put the Padres and the Reds – remember the Reds were a playoff team as late as September last year? put them in the dust and nearly beat the Dodgers in the wild card game. It took a walk-off home run to beat St. Louis. And then they fired the manager. Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand it had to do with differences of opinion and this, that, and the other thing. I just really, to this day, I was like, really? I mean, he, he, he was the manager of the year, two years ago. And by the way, I don't know. I know. I don't, I don't know Mike Schild if he walked in here with a sticker saying, hi, my name is Mike <laughs> Right. But, you know, he is someone who has had success, mm-hmm. I mean, and has taken the Cardinals to the post, took them to the league championship series in 2019. Um, you know, I mean, there are there are names out there. And it also wouldn't surprise me. I mean, this is another tie to the 2008 Rays. we wouldn't surprise me if Rocco Baldelli is let go by Minnesota. Sometimes right. you want to get a manager's second job.
1: Yeah, Sometimes
0: you want to get the manager who, like, you know, I mean, Frank Kono wasn't looked upon as the next coming of John McGraw when he signed with the Red Sox in 2004. But, you know, he's three trips to the World Series later and has the youngest team in baseball playing. Some of the best baseball right now in Cleveland, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame.
1: And yeah, and we played- know that well from what he did when he was here in Philadelphia and then just turned into what he was in Boston. It, it, it's crazy. Kapler leaving Philadelphia and going to the Giants and having the year they had last year. Now they've regressed big time, and I don't think he's that good of a manager. Neither do I. sometimes a change of scenery, uh, you can create something if it's just for a year, if it's for a career. So I totally agree with you there. And if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, I do think Rob Thompson ends up being the guy, but I think it's very much open uh, application for the Phillies' managerial position. I think it's an interview, but if they don't make the playoffs –
0: I think they have to – they can't go back to an authoritative drill sergeant like Joe Girardi. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Madden was a players manager, and, you know, I'll always – I mean, Roberto Kelly and Enzo Mullen seem to have baseball IQs off the charts and are part of those incredibly successful teams. And and, um, Roberto Kelly is managing now, not in the major leagues. But, you know, he has managerial experience, as does, you know, as does Mullins. I mean, I don't know. I just – they're just sitting there like low-hanging fruit. You know, another manager who's probably going to be available, I don't think he's the right fit for Philadelphia. It would not stun me if Dave Martinez – is uh his time in washington is over
1: yeah i don't know how you can look at a team and i know that organization is terrible and they really haven't given him anything to work with they're getting rid of all of his good pieces to use but i don't know how you can look at a team that's so far below you in your own division and say that's the manager we're going to bring in and sell that to the fan base
0: Well, you could sell that they won the World Series in 2019. That's true. I mean, that's a a heck of a thing on a resume. I mean, people people were salivating to have Jim Leland on their team, and he was Mm -hmm. the manager of the 1998 Marlins, who I think are still losing games, and then a horrible time with a terrible Colorado Rockies team. But when he came over to Detroit, everyone was salivating because they knew that when he has talent on his team, Mm -hmm. whether it was in Pittsburgh or Miami or eventually in Detroit, he got the team into the postseason, so I, I'm a look at. I'm not going to blame Dave Martinez because they traded away everyone that wasn't nailed down. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they strip mined that team. As I said, I played for them in that series against Philadelphia. <laughs> that was a minor league team I watched.
1: Yeah, and I I'm not saying game. you should blame him, but I'm saying this fan base will look at him as a guy. He will be a hard sell to the fan base. And more so than a lot of other places, Philadelphia, if the fan base is not, if you don't have a selling point, and it might sound dumb, it might be something as stupid as, oh, well, he managed the Nationals, so he's got to stink. This fan base is already so out on this team because of the decade-long playoff drought. If they collapse this year, I don't know what percentage of Philadelphia is going to still care about the Phillies. And then you bring in a manager from a team that you saw be terrible the year before, regardless of how talented he is, and could be, like, he won't even get the chance because this fan base will not buy into him.
0: Well, there's another factor, too, and that is uh, after one season of managing Bryce Harper, uh, Bryce Harper left Philadelphia, (laughs) and there was a cloud of dust in the shape of him running. Yeah. Um, So, man, you look at this team, Schwarber is, I mean, I love seasons like Schwarber where he hits 42 home runs, you know, he strikes out, he struck out six times since we started this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, the traditional stats of like, you know, the batting averages in the cesspool, but his OPS is nearly 800. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seasons like that. Just swing from your heels. Schwarber is super fun. Um, you know, obviously, Harper missed a tremendous amount of the season from the injury. Uh, Matt Vierling got like a bunch of huge hits in a couple of games recently. Yeah. You know, you, you see the players like, Bryson Stott, you know, contributing. Uh, Gene Segura's got some big hits recently. Hoskins got some big hits recently. And, of course, you know, their pitching staff. You know, I saw Nola – not Nola, uh, Gibson take a no-hitter into the seventh in the game that I went to. Nola's one of the legit workhorses in the National League. Uh, Suarez and Wheeler are both fine. You know, their bullpen is still – let's be kind and call it interesting. But mm-hmm. – um you know, this team looks like it has more talent than a we're barely hanging on for the
1: third wild card spot with seven games to play. They do have more talent. They absolutely do. But think about some of the names that we're naming here, right? Gene Segura is the longest tenured player in Major League Baseball to not make a playoff game. Uh, Aaron Nola has never played in a playoff game. Wheeler, I think, has one. Harper, I think, has one. Uh, Hoskins has never been there. Boom, Stott. Now Stott, it's his first year. Very well, Harper, Harper played
0: Martin. in. Harper played in a couple with Washington. Oh, Twelve, right, right. He had multiple 12,
1: 14 16, But they're all wild card games that they couldn't get out of. Right? Yeah, so yeah they never. Made. He's never they won never one. Yeah, like yeah, you have guys that have been around the league a long time. JT Triumuto, another one that just these guys don't have either. They've never made it to the playoffs, or they don't have any semblance of playoff success. Mm-hmm. So the talent is there. I just don't think the they they're in uncharted waters when you talk about making it into the playoffs and being a team that's talented enough to advance. And I think mentally that's what's holding this team back. They're clearly talented enough. The names are talented enough, but I, I don't know that they've gotten to the point where they know what it feels like to be a playoff organization yet. And that's what's really holding them back. And I don't know how you fix that. Well, I and I'll and I'll say this. You know, I mean, it just dawned on me
0: that, um, you know, obviously we said that Martinez hadn't managed Harper before. Maybe there's some bad blood there. You know, I will bring up Madden or, you know, whatever manager out there who have World Series mm-hmm. experience to basically say we need someone who's been there and done that. And, you know, he's sit. you know, I, I don't know. I, I personally think the best fit for Joe Madden would be Minnesota. I think Joe Madden would do an amazing job in Minnesota. Uh, mm-hmm. The worst thing that the the Phillies could do would be bringing Don Mattingly, <laughs>
1: you yeah, know, as I'm, he's as I'm he's available.
0: Um, I also think one of the dumb things they could do is try to find, and this is kind of like what the White Sox did when you know Ozzy Guillen. I'm not suggesting Ozzy Guillen, but uh, although that would be interesting seeing Ozzy Guillen manage in Philadelphia, it'd be a fun year. Yeah, he you know he has a uh, he has a World Series championship to his name. Um, it'd be kind of like that one year when Bobby Valentine managed the Red Sox. I said, this is going to yeah. be either amazing or horrible, but it's going to be memorable. Um, I think you take a look at, uh, you know, you, you, you have to take a look at, uh, get a real manager in there. Like, you don't want to do what, as I said, what the White Sox do. When they when Guillen left from Miami, they brought in Robin Ventura. And you got the sense that they brought in Robin Ventura because he was a big fan favorite. And he and obviously, Ventura had a wonderful career, was a super popular player in Chicago when he played for the White Sox. But he was a, a rancid manager. He, did, he was completely overmatched. And you got the sense that he was hired because the front office liked him. But... You know, you don't want to see one of these hires, you know, where it's like, oh, the, he's best friends with the GM and that, that, da, da, da You need some uh, – do you want – I'm going to quote, quote – if we're doing Philadelphia here, I'm going to quote the original Rocky when Mickey says, you need a manager. You need a manager. <laughs> Remember that great scene when he's with yes. Rocky in his, in his dingy apartment? They mm-hmm. need someone with managerial experience that can take the reins for this team. Joe Girardi, I thought, fit that role too, with T. Uh, he turned out to be the wrong fit for Philadelphia. I absolutely believe that if he took over, um, let's say, the Royals, you know, mm. or some team that or – the, or the Texas Rangers, you yeah. know, some team that's in mid-rebuild or Arizona, um, I think that he would be a great fit there. But um, I, I, you've got to get someone who's a real manager with real
1: managerial experience. In
0: you know, at the helm of this team.
1: Yeah, uh, listen, I don't totally disagree with you at all, and it's really, really going to depend on how they finish out. Because if they do make the playoffs, Thompson will end up with another year. If they don't, all bets are off, and who knows the direction they're going to go? Dave Dombrowski, uh, in his past, he's had uh, managers all over the place. He had Jim Leland in Detroit. He had Alex Cora in Boston. He's he's gone new. He's gone old. Uh, so who knows what direction he's going to go? And I do trust Dombrowski. That's a nice thing. What he's done with this organization since being here is encouraging. Mm -hmm. But if they don't make it in, we're on the verge of blow it up both manager, player. Where do they go? What do they do? Because they've already gone into the luxury tax and they can't find their way in if that's the case. It's doomsday scenario if they don't find their way in. So it will, as most seasons are in Philadelphia, good or bad, it's going to be interesting. Well, look at
0: I'm not a huge football fan, but uh all I can say is for for Philadelphia fans, uh thank God the Eagles won a few years ago because uh yeah. you know, it, it look I don't I don't follow football at all, so I don't I don't care either way, but for people mm-hmm. who are regional sports fans, sometimes you need to have that that victory to take the take a little air out of the balloon the what the Cavs did a few years ago in the NBA, the way the Seahawks did for folks in uh, Seattle and the way that the Eagles did a couple of years ago, just take a little air out of that balloon uh, because that balloon could get really, really big and on the verge of popping. If they're playing golf during the wildcard series this year. Yeah, that would not be fun. It would not, be, would fun. not be fun do what is fun. Having Connor Thomas part of the lockdown MLB show. Thanks so much for listening to us. Hey,
1: Connor, tell people where they can listen to your show. Yeah, go ahead and check out all our work on Locked On Phillies. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Phillies. My personal Twitter account, I retweet everything we put out, and you can see that down there at ConnorThomas975, wherever you get your podcasts. And, hey, a lot of teams are already locked up right now. A lot of teams are not in a divisional race or eliminated. We're one of the few still in something interesting. So check out what we've got for the next couple weeks while we round out the season and head into the postseason.
0: Yeah, and down the stretch we come here. Uh, you can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the Phillies, present and future, trying to wipe out some of the recent past. Connor Thomas of Locked Phillies, thanks for being part of the show. This has been Locked On MLB on the 28th day of September 2022. We're right; it's almost October. I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.